0: This is Rudy Giuliani live uh, from New York with the Rudy Giuliani Show and uh, back from a very uh, sad morning at a beautiful, I should say, funeral for Paul Vallone. Paul Vallone was a a New York City councilman. Uh, He's a commissioner in New York City. Uh, He served in many offices of public trust. His father was the speaker of the city council during the time that I was mayor and during the time that Michael Bloomberg was mayor and was, I believe, the longest-serving speaker of the New York City Council and by far the best, and um, comes from an era that I thought about quite a bit in church today, an era that uh, we sadly uh, have passed through, and I can't think of any examples of it, an era of bipartisan cooperation. Uh, It it is well-known, and there have been books written about it, so I'm not giving away any secrets or exaggerating or understating, but we had become very close friends and worked very closely together in passing legislation. He was a Republican, a Democrat, rather. I was a Republican, but we were both, um, we were both able to look for what we could agree on rather than to endlessly spend our time on everything we disagreed about. And I guess, you know, in fairness, uh, I'm not sure we have people like that anymore. We may have one. We're not going to have two. And you'll know, you, 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 you might believe I'm saying this because I support him and he's my friend. Trump is like that. Trump began that way. Trump began with the idea that he was going to do a lot of bipartisan cooperation. After all, he knew a lot of these people. I, I don't know if they were his friends, but they certainly weren't his enemies. He, he had a good relationship with Chuck Schumer. I don't know how much money he contributed to Chuck Schumer, but it was a fair amount. I mean, he, whatever other real estate people did, uh, he certainly talked to him. They had a mutual interest in the Yankees. Uh, Chuck's uh, daughter worked for the Yankees. Uh, uh, Donald, which I used to call him then, used to go to a lot of Yankee games because he was probably one of George Steinbrenner's closest friends. I mean, I, I, I saw them at more than a few Yankee games. Having pleasant conversations, and I even thought that naive Rudy that yeah that'll be a basis of, of th- working things out because I, as mayor, and as a, a U.S. attorney, I had a lot of success working with Chuck Schumer. As mayor, I work with Chuck Schumer, <laughs> and Joe Biden to get the crime bill passed, the crime bill that they talk about and that they were so controversial. Is one that I had a very, very big part of drafting originally, because it all started in the uh, Trump, in the in the in the Reagan administration, and I was one of the people who drafted it off the Attorney General's Task Force on Violent Crime Report, which is where all the ideas I had were stolen from, not Bill Bratton, which is what gets me angry about Bratton when he says that he introduced. He introduced um, uh, Comstad. that he introduced uh, the the broken windows theory. Those all go back, you know, 10 years. And um, I would say if Professor Wilson is the person that we took a lot of those ideas from a decade earlier and I had been writing about them for 10 years. And he was a, he was a person who looked at him the same way, and we collaborated on it i don 't know why his ego requires him to basically say that he like he developed it all by himself, which is not true, but well, he doesn 't say that he, he he says that Jack Maple did, and that 's true. Jack Maple did have a lot to do with it, but it also I would say Professor James Q. Wilson had a lot more to do with it in terms of the full concept of it rather than a very simplified version of it. But in any event, Peter Vallone took a mayor who was elected by 2% against the first black mayor of New York City, which started off with a great resentment. I, I, I didn't run a racist campaign at all, but it was, it was just inherently racist that I dared to run against. him, And I only ran against him because the city was going to hell. I had no intention after he beat me the first time for running for mayor again. I thought I'd run for governor. I was in great shape to run for governor. I got the greatest vote that a Republican had gotten since Laguardia, and I lost in New York City, forty-eight percent. The rest of the state at that time was overwhelmingly Republican. I, you know, I would take polls there. I, I was way ahead of state in upstate New York, so it looked like a natural, you know, right time run for governor. The Republicans wanted me to run for senator. I didn't want to run for senator. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, I I I I was. I ran against David Dinkins because of the crime problem in the city, and I did miraculously well. I came within a point, half a point, or whatever, of winning. But I still thought I'll run for governor. And then Dinkins did a terrible job, a terrible job. Two riots. Highest unemployment in 30, 40 years. Um, only time the city went above 2,000 murders was on the David Dinkins. It's true. Uh, based on being dragged, uh, kicking and screaming, he he hired more cops. That was done by Peter Valone and Ray Kelly uh, over his objection. But then he misused them, and in the last year he was in off, office, crime went up. So I inherited a city that had gone to, through three of the four greatest years for, for murder, and uh, in which uh, 10% of the population was unemployed, and 1.1 million people were on welfare. It was bankrupt uh, three times more than he said, and um, and I had a city council of, tw- of 45 Democrats and six Republicans. So first day I was mayor, I asked to see him. I went over to his office. I sat down with him, and I said, uh, Peter. Um, and he was shocked that I came to his office. He said, no mayor has ever come into the office before. They're too important. I said, well, I'm sure not that important. And from then on, uh, at times we pretended to be fighting, and we weren't. We always had an idea where we were going to end up, and we became uh, good friends that have, has lasted until now. And he, my heart goes out to him because he lost his son. And his son, I, I, I don't have the time and – to tell you what a good man he was peter is a very very religious catholic and i think that's going to be his strength his wife tina is still alive but she has um, cognitive difficulties maybe maybe one might look at that as a as a blessing i am um i'm i'm at the point now where Just just like it really doesn't matter if Biden goes to New Palestine, right? I mean, in fact, it's almost an insult that he's going, right? He's not going to help them. He's going because he's a phony politician. He might as well carry a sign on. I am a phony politician. I admit it. You don't have to keep calling me that. If he had any interest in the people of New Palestine, Palestine, excuse me, he would he would have gone a month later or a month and a half. Even if we credit I didn't want to break up the, uh, the work, if we credit that, and I'm going to tell you, it's a bunch of garbage. I think I know a little more about emergencies than any of these jackasses. Uh, they need the morale of a president coming there. They need the support of a mayor going or a governor. You know, who taught me that a mayor who was not particularly effective, but I became very friendly with John Lindsay. He said, You want to get something done? Go there. You get it. You go there, and everybody in the city says, well, I better do this. The mayor get mad at me. He said, Every, every place you go looks clean because they clean it the night before. So you want to get places clean? Announce you going to 10 places and go just one. All 10 will be clean. But there's a, there's a, uh, There's something that an inherent instinctual leader understands about going to the front. And there's something that a lazy weasel uh, uses as an excuse because he'd rather be on a beach looking like a jackass like he does than be uh, up front or deal with people who aren't under control. So the people of New Palestine, he doesn't know who they are. Uh, Ohio, although right across from Pennsylvania, he thinks of as being uh, MAGA. MAGA. Wow. People who put America first. It must be really dangerous. Wow. To go there a year later, like because he's getting criticized for it, that's really a pain. What the hell is he going to do for them a year later? Except show his stupid face there, and none of them like him. Ted is with me this this afternoon, and Ted was with me. You know, it's a year ago that it happened, and within about five to six, seven days we went there. Right?
1: That's right. And you had a very long. And I, very I went good there. I went there actually command. before,
0: before uh, Trump, uh, sort of give him a sense of the what it was like yeah. and how he'd be greeted, yeah. <laughs> he'd be greeted like a king. Um,
1: but and you you were very well received almost to a person. They were they were appreciative of seeing you there.
0: And they all knew you. Well I didn't make I, okay. I didn't I didn't say I was there no, until I got no, we there. Didn't announce and it. And then I did my, my I did the radio show from there. Yeah. Did the, this when you were assessing the area, you weren't uh, and there And I to, did my uh 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 T uh, V show at night there. So, and, yeah. and um we did remember we did the T V show from from a firehouse.
1: Remember? We we did it right there in town <laughs> and it was right in the middle of And the uh, lights went
0: out in the middle of and, it. And
1: the lights went out but they came right back on and uh the people were so were so kind and it's just interesting but tell them what with the mayor so, so we meet with the course, mayor
0: he's deal- he's going to be dealing with a with a mayor who i got to tell you he's a good guy great guy mayor i'm not Connelly. even sure if he's a republican or democrat he does not like joe biden he did not so and he, he really doesn't him. like the real little weasel mayor p the transportation secretary mayor Poo-Poo, so aware yeah.
1: there he's meeting with you he's he's so appreciative that you're actually
0: talking and you're asking questions, and, and because and he had a large, to, a long schedule, we had like an early meeting with him, like eight thirty or eight o'clock. Yeah. And he had a meeting at nine. Yeah. With the Secretary of Transportation, Peter Buttigieg,
1: <laughs> Mayor P. Pete Boot edge, edge. So, so Mayor P is in
0: the hallway waiting, surrounded we'll by tra- surrounded by a bunch of people, whole some his wall. people. Some people from there, and the people from there, he's trying to stay as far away from because they want to get a disease, and they all overshadow. He looked like he looked like a little puppy in the middle of a bunch of real dogs. And he's waiting
1: in the hallway, and in, in, the, in the in the East Palestine Mayor, uh, Trent Conaway's. Someone tells him, "Hey, the you know the the Secretary of Transportation's out there, ready to meet with you," and he's you know he's in no rush. He said, "I'm I'm here with Mayor Giuliani, and we're talking." And he wanted to make no, sure. Oh, he actually
0: I, said we're talking about real things.
1: Yeah, yeah, getting, getting, get, you know. And we were. How to handle things? We were talking about. And he made Pete, the secretary Pete. He made him wait in the hallway for because almost an hour. It wasn't could. quite an hour, but because
0: uh, when he tried to get him at the beginning, he, he couldn't find him. He was. So, this was not the one. Very much this was not the one. He did not want to be an. This Palestine was not the one Ohio where he day. was on paternity leave <laughs> and nobody knew. He was kind of like the first. Uh, Austin. Yeah, and there's a great
1: story out there in the Daily Mail that kind of covers what happened. Mayor Trent Conaway kept the transportation secretary waiting while he had a real constructive
0: uh, meeting with well, Mayor they, Giuliani. They had already put together because the guy, you know you do you put you put together your effort in the first three. You don't come in the first three four days. You're not going to offer much. Yeah, they, they had already gotten all their help. They described it to me. And they said, you know, we actually realized the federal government probably would have screwed it up anyway because this guy doesn't, uh, this guy, I mean, you've run emergencies. You yeah. actually gave me practical help. Yes. I'm going to probably have to help him. Yeah. I was going <laughs> <Right>. to say, <laughs> Well, we'll be right back in a very, very short while. the Rudy Giuliani Show. Hello, this is Rudy Giuliani. We're back with the Rudy uh, Giuliani Show. And uh, having just watched uh, briefly while I was listening like you were to Greg, uh, the ceremony at uh, Dover Air Base looks like it went without incident and not the horrific uh, situation that he had when the soldiers came back from Afghanistan, and uh, now when you listen to the parents, he did um, he did everything humanly possible to make the situation worse for them, uh, including that thing about looking at his watch. Uh, I, I didn't notice it excessively, so I'll look at it again. But Curtis Sliwa, who I was watching with, <laughs> said he's got his arms behind his back. <laughs> I think they must have told him. You Put get your arms behind your back and not look at a watch. But I remember when I first debated a pre- in a presidential debate at the Kennedy Library, I was told by my my uh, campaign campaign manager, who was very close to the Bushes, he took my watch off, and I was used to debates where you know you have a minute, so you actually look at your watch during a debate. But of course, it had been interpreted when forty one did that as if he was bored. And and um I thought it was kind of unfair at the time because having been a debater, I used, my, I used to take my watch off and put it on the podium because you're supposed to come in within a minute. You have four, a minute, 45. If you're going to a debate competition, they'll just cut off what you say. It isn't even like a presidential thing. But we were told everybody. And then I noticed I, I looked at Huckabee and McCain. They didn't have their watches on either. Everybody was afraid. But – uh It's one thing to look at a watch at a debate. It is another thing to look at a watch at a very, very sad ceremony of soldiers coming back, having been killed. And, of course, I don't think he realizes that many of these parents blame it on him. I mean, Afghanistan, for sure. There is nobody that I have met in my life other than him stupid enough to take out the soldiers before the civilians and leave the civilians in a country with massive amounts of terrorists who want to kill them because they helped us. But do you realize what a, what a betrayal that is, for 19 years they helped us. We, we promised we're going to take them to the U.S. We broke the promise. But then we don't even leave our soldiers behind the next week or two so that at least they can settle in. They can have the armaments and whatever and be ready. Instead, we leave, we leave them alone. Oh, and just to make it really uh, uh, almost absolutely definite a lot of them going to get killed, we leave the ground base, uh, basically give it over to the Chinese. It's 400 miles from China, can't be used to attack China anymore. Thank you, Joe, for being a traitor to the Chinese. But then we give the terrorists $80 billion worth of ammunition to kill the people that helped us. Now, if you're stupid, you you don't get all that. Or if you're a, 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 a brainwashed Democrat or communist. But if you're a normally intelligent person that understands Aristotelian logic, and you may not even know it's Aristotelian logic, but it is, you get it. Well, the parents were, and they did, and they hate him. And he makes it worse by doing something else. And he did that again. We'll be right back. show this is rudy giuliani back uh with the rudy giuliani show uh the 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 president of course had done all the damage that uh he could do yesterday by once again repeating to uh the family of one of the soldiers uh who died i believe it was on the telephone uh and uh, basically uh saying that his son uh had also died uh, as a result of w- war. Now, uh, this is the thing that drove the fa- families uh, of the people lost in Afghanistan absolutely livid when he tried to equate himself with them, saying his son had died in battle. His son died five or five years after, four, four years after he returned from, uh, from, from uh, Iraq, and um, so there's no possible way uh there's no possible way that he thought that they that he died in iraq in fact in between the first time he announced that like some seven or eight years ago and the time that he announced it uh, in, with the loss of the afghanistan uh soldiers he he had, he had said at a at a ceremony correcting himself uh, that uh, my losses and yours, um, my losses and yours were different. Bo didn't perish in the battlefield. Now, this, this is his what, his contention. It was cancer that stole him from us a year after being deployed. Actually, it was four or five years after. So, I, I mean, his lying about this is treacherous because. Um, it hurts people when you do things like that because it puts the focus on you rather than them and i i taught, i was I mean I had to do this often enough uh, well over a hundred times that uh, I asked how to do it i wasn't arrogant enough to think I would know how to do it. I asked my good friend alan placa who who is a Catholic monsignor and has done many, many funerals and counsel people about death and also father michael judge uh, the first firefighter i lost i asked him father I, I don't know how to talk to people about this and he spent a lot of time with me uh, t- telling me how to do it and uh, i'm going to tell you the short short thing is get get yourself the hell out of it stop being a, a narcissistic pig which is what this man is this is a very bad man in the white house uh, I, I hate to come to that conclusion. I knew him very, very well for years and didn't see it. But when I saw it, it was all quite clear. The moment I saw the, the basic confession of his crime, bribing Por, Por, uh, Poroshenko and, and the rea- and the reality is um, all those uh, uh, kiss up lawyers at the Atlantic were cheering for him as he announced a classic uh, law school bribe Uh Strange how he gets treated, very strange. But yesterday, uh, in talking to one of the families, he once again said that Bo d- uh, died um, in battle in Iraq, and he didn't. He died in a hospital four or five years after he returned from cancer, that no one connects to battle. And it's very sad that he lost his son. It's very sad that Peter Vallone lost his son today. But I don't think Peter Vallone's going to go around saying that he lost his son in battle. Now, the real problem now is uh, it's starting to get. We're getting to the point like, uh, and it happens faster, when you have to retaliate when, when your men and women are killed. But it's getting to be like Palestine. It may be better not to do it. Uh, I believe it's better for him not to go. It's going to be more insulting to those people. He has made the point they mean nothing to him. I mean, and all this stuff about he had other places to go. Everybody knows he's. I mean, you can do all the slicing and dicing you want to do with Trump or or Clinton or anybody else. They, they, just do it based on instinct, uh, girls and go, girls and boys, huh? There's nobody that I know as president, Republican, Democrat, or who the hell else do we have that's on vacation as much as him. He's on vacation all the time, and you really get the impression when he's in the White House he's on vacation. I know president's schedules. He's got entire days where he has one meeting. This guy, it doesn't work. Forget all the garbage, and you want the best, you want the one that proves it if you if you need it. All that garbage, he works all vacation and uh, little lying riding hood concert. He works all vacation. His vacation is. Now that is true. I mean, uh, 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 George, uh, Bush 41 worked all vacation. He had a whole big setup put up in his, in his, in his, uh, uh, ranch before they had all this sophisticated Zoom equipment, which was like a sophisticated Zoom. He could have a cabinet meeting right there on secure lines encrypted. I knew a lot about cybersecurity then. And he once gave me a good look at it, and it was damn good. And and the times that I spent with him, half the time he was in that room, vacation. (laughs) Uh, Trump never vacations. Trump never stops working. I don't care. Even when he's playing golf, he's working. In the middle of golf, he's he's talking about you know should, should should I go to Michigan or Minnesota? Let me see. I'm ahead in Michigan. I'm behind in Minnesota. But Michigan, you know, things could change in Michigan. And uh, what do you think, Rudy? Minnesota or Michigan? Now, you, you haven't even thought about it, you know. Well, I don't know. You try to say to yourself, if I go with him. How about we go to Florida? <laughs> um, but he's, he's, he's working like a workaholic. He's working all the time. I work all the time. So I understand, I understand somebody who works all the time. But I've known Biden for years. Biden was always lazy. It was hard to get him even when, you, when we were doing the bill. It was hard to get him to concentrate. He d- doesn't have much of a brain. So uh, the I- the idea, the idea that you know he's yeah uh, yeah uh, yeah he, he, he has to work too hard to go to Palestine. He's got to go to these foreign countries and he's got. How about he could take one of the days he went to the beach? Gee, it's a short ride. When, and not, not only is it a short ride, believe me, I've been on Air Force One. It ain't bad. I mean, it's not it's not uh, tough duty. To just grab a plane in Washington, go over for one hour to um, to uh, the border near Pennsylvania and Ohio, and spend a little time with a bunch of nice folks. Except he does hate those folks, doesn't he? Those are remember you know starting with that speech he gave where he it looked like some kind of a um, set from Dante's Inferno. Uh, you know, coming out he, like he walked out of hell, and then he he made that very dark speech where he. Couldn't pronounce most of the words. And um, since then, he really hates it. it part of his uh, psychoanalysis and psychiatric treatment when it starts, when he's out of the presidency and they put him in the uh, mixture of a uh, uh, nut house and old folks home will have to be to teach him that the mega people are really nice people. They really are. His opponent, who's running, went to one of the Trump rallies. And I think, you know, you, you, you gain a lot from expectations. I think he walked in expecting to see, like, um, all kinds of horrible-looking, unkempt uh, people who hadn't taken showers in weeks, just like uh, all speaking Bible talk and – uh and, and all being part of a militia and and talking about, you know, taking over the government. And what he found were, like, the kind of people he grew up with, really nice people. They were having a great time, great sense of humor, lots of jokes, uh, not terribly worried about Biden. We should be, but they're so damn confident in, in Trump. I mean, if, God forbid, it goes wrong, they'll be upset, but... You go to those people and you say it's going to be a tough election. Nobody's going to vote for Biden. I mean, they just love Trump, and they're normal people. You may not like their ideas, but you got to like them. And God forbid you got sick, they would take care of you while you were there, even if you said you were for 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 Biden. Hey, maybe one or two wouldn't, but most of them would. <laughs> so this, this 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 guy has. Uh, he just compounds his problems. Why do you announce that you made a decision on how you're going to retaliate and then not tell anybody and then not do it? It's a game. That's like what a child would do. I made up my mind, but I'm not going to tell you. Now, Let's break, break that apart for a minute, and I'll show you why it's idiotic. It has no tactical advantage. Having said that, and including that he might attack uh, Iranians, but not in Iran, he just gave him time to leave. I mean, there are only four places he can attack. He's not going to attack Iran out of the guts. It would be magnificent if he did. He'd save an awful lot of lives. He's going to lose if he doesn't. But um, I would have to apologize profusely if he did, Because I don't think the man has the intestinal fortitude to do it, which is why he shouldn't be a president. A president has to be able, I know that you're going to find this a strange statement, but if you think about it, you'll agree. president has to be able to kill for you. He's got to be able to kill under very controlled circumstances because if he doesn't do it, you're going to get killed. That's what B.B. is doing for his people. That's why B.B. is a, a, a leader. And that is not what this guy is doing. And that's why he gets people murdered. Those people who came back today, he might as well have been the one to pull the trigger. Because after 166 attacks, to not have responded was to invite the killing of American soldiers. And we're only lucky it's been only three. But from, from Biden's actions, far more could have been killed. And from his actions now, even if he does respond, unless the response is, like, breathtaking, he's, he's already given uh, the people who assess this, and that's the Ayatollah and Xi Jinping and Putin, he's already given them all the information they need. This guy is not going to defend America. It's questionable whether he even likes America with the things he says about it. Systemically racist. The MAGA people are, I don't know what they are, animals. He's got a good friend who thinks we're all deplorables. Uh, And he does everything China wants. And we still haven't made a statement about the killing of our soldiers that says, and here's what the statement has to say. You better not do it again. you got to hit him so hard that it's going to say the next time we do it, they may not be in Iran. You don't get to kill American soldiers. It doesn't happen. And if you do, the consequences are so grave, you're not going to think of doing it again. We want men and women to serve us. That's what we have to back them up with. If you can't do that, little weasel, take them home, all of them. If you got to take four or five days to think about this and play a game like, I know what I'm going to do, but I'm not going to tell you. If 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 you're not capable of more than that, if you're so insecure, so weak, so compromised, if you can't do that, please, until you leave, take him home, and then when we get a real president again, and it's probably going to be the president who took care of Soleimani and did what you had to do in magnificent style that led to uh, no more Americans getting killed. Remember, until an American got killed in Afghanistan for the whole last year, that Trump was trying to do a, 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 the same thing, taking the troops out, but in a smart way. The, the proof is in the pudding. He had nobody killed, and and you had to stand at Dover, looking at your watch because you got them killed. And the other, the other world class proof about the people dead in Ukraine. Is Putin had four years to attack under Trump, and it's the only four years he didn't attack. He took a look at Bush, he said, I can attack. He took a look at Obama, he said, I can really attack. And he took a look at Biden, and he said, Jeez, if I attack, he can get so nervous, he might die. And no, no. And he took a look at Trump, and he said, I'm not going to take the risk. That's the kind of president we need to protect us against the people in the world who want to kill us
2: can we go to lewis in florida yes hello rudy hey lewis uh it's been a while um i got two questions go ahead lewis uh yeah i'm here y- you hear me oh yeah i got you good just ask me your questions yeah um the first question is uh um, when President Trump is president, I hope, how are we going to get all these illegals out of here? Number two, my mother died in New York City just a few days ago. and I'm The, the, uh, the funeral is going to be in another week or two on 85-4866th Avenue. And I understand all the hotels are taken by illegals. Where the heck am I going to go? Where is it? I need to go to New York. Where, t- tell me I where say, the funeral is. I got to go. Where is the Hello?
0: funeral? Write this down, Ted. Where is the it's gonna funeral? Be,
2: uh, it's going to be at uh, St. John's Cemetery, where my dad is.
0: But where you're going to have a you're going like to have a wake? You're going to have a a mass or anything like that?
2: Uh, they're going to just have it there uh, uh, at the funeral home or something. You're going to have you're going to bury my you're mom. Gonna,
0: you're just going to do a burial service at St. John's. Uh, yeah. Okay. The burial service. Well, you call me next week and I'll give you some suggestions. All right.
2: Okay, Rudy.
0: Uh, my my uh, father and mother are buried at St. John's.
2: You look just like my dad. <laughs> I wish you. I wish. You, I wish you could adopt me as your son. <laughs> well, I'm looking to adopt a dog, so maybe I'll get you. Okay? okay. I love you. I love you. You
0: you call me next week. Now I'll come up with some suggestions. Uh, uh, not only that, my uh, you know, half my grandparents are buried there too, and my cousins and. Well, I have family at two cemeteries. One is Calvary and the other is uh, St. John's. And St. John's of course the bigger one. Calvary's kind of almost closed by now. Well, we're going to be right back with the mayor's final thoughts of the week. And now it's time for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation mayor's final thoughts. This is Rudy Giuliani and I am, uh, with you with the mayor's final thoughts sponsored by Tunnel to Towers, T2T.org. 11 bucks a month will take care of those men and women that, uh, that right, right, now, I think we always are, but we're particularly worried about because they're at extreme risk. Uh, and I am, uh, uh tired of, uh, people pretending that there's some strategy to this delay that Biden is uh, going through. For, first of all, uh, uh, somebody would have to explain to me the strategic advantage in delaying uh, when you get hit, uh, get embarrassed, lose lives. Uh, the, the normal rule of leadership and would be you hit back fast, just as delayed is justice denied, and you hit back much harder than they expect. And you hit back in a way that says, if I do another one, it's all over. Now, that's what's been lacking in the first 166 attacks, five or six responses that were silly, embarrassingly weak, that basically uh, allow a calculation by the enemy. Th- this is perfectly acceptable pain and suffering. First of all, we didn't hit Iran at all. Uh, in many cases, we didn't uh, 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 strike at all. We did nothing. In many, many cases, we hit empty places. In many cases, we p- hit places with ammunition, but no people. We may have done one or two involving people. And, uh, and, and for all but one, uh, the few, the two or three that involved people, except this one, could have been an accident. They're like defensive hits. Like when, when we say we hit back the Hooties, we're not electing to hit them in retaliation for. We are uh, uh reacting defensively immediately. And then maybe we kill some of them. But we're trying to protect a ship. So you got to take those out. And when they say 166 attacks, b- believe it or not, they're not counting the 50 or the 60 from the Hooties. I mean, they've been kicking the living daylights out of us. And Biden's been sitting there and saying, thank you. And now to delay and, and to say he's now they're looking for opportunities. We've only been really at war with Iran for three decades. And when we got it. We must have plans to go back to when Carter got his uh, head kicked in by them. Now, it, it, this is not like uh, some new enemy. You mean to tell me the State Department and the and and the Defense Department don't have like five contingency plans for kicking the hell out of Iran? And if they don't, let's tell let's tell Austin to stay on permanent AWOL. Well, that's what you got to do in November. Permanent AWL for all these communists. Okay, we're going to be back next week. Let's see if Biden over the weekend can come up with something, or maybe he's going to wait until he goes to East Palestine, which he hasn't announced yet. God bless America. Key2T.org! If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up.